If you're wondering what's going on with Alabama recruiting, wonder no more, because we've got John Garcia today. We're going to talk about Miles McVeigh. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff when it comes to Alabama recruiting. And is there a problem along the defensive line? We're going to ask John Garcia Jr. right now on Locked on Bama. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked In College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions may apply. We're going to talk about LinkedIn in just a bit, but right now I want to welcome in John Garcia. John, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing well. Just uh, just trying to keep up. It, the season's starting, but recruiting is still uh, full force, it seems. Okay, we're recording this, uh, you know, Thursday morning. Miles McVeigh will announce tonight at 6 p.m. Central. Um, I'm assuming it's Alabama. I feel quite confident it's Alabama. Let's pretend like, let's, what I say, tend like Miles McVeigh is already committed to Alabama. What do you think about this young man? Well, this is a massive human being, right? Coming out of East St. Louis High School, 340 pounds or so. Just uh, the type of road grader that you would expect from a prospect from that school at that size. Um, I think you could throw a, a Deontay Brown type comparison in there in terms of his body and his play style. We know that worked out quite well for Alabama uh, under his watch coming out of, uh, of the Huntsville area. But yeah, McVeigh uh, would also represent a really big win for Alabama. I, I think at one point it felt like Oregon's race to lose. A couple other schools tried to jump in, but once he took that trip to Tuscaloosa at the end of July, that that sneaky little visit weekend um, in between two big dead periods, I think from that point on, it was really Alabama's race to lose. There was some Texas talk. Um, again, Oregon was was really in it for quite quite the long haul, um, but Alabama again going out of the region for a prospect that it's liked for a very long time. And again, you talk about the offensive line class that it's building. And now you're getting some variance, right? You've got some clear offensive tackle types already on board and, and Formby and Allenin. Uh, you've obviously got a, a true interior, you know, swing player um, and Rakees McElderry who could play center, maybe some guard. And, and now McVeigh, a clear guard uh, brought in for this group. So you're, you're building kind of the classic Nick Saban recruiting staple. You're building an entire offensive line within your recruiting class. And I think McVeigh projects as that strong side guard that you just say, hey, running back, X, uh, run behind that big guy and you'll you'll see some daylight uh, in, in short order. So assuming he gets to Bama and, and goes through the, the Jaheim Otis strength and conditioning program or the Deontay Brown strength and conditioning program or the Evan Neal strength and conditioning program, he's going to be just fine and, and round into shape and become uh, eventually a staple of the, of the entire off- offensive line. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. You mentioned Deontay Brown last night. We were talking about uh, McVeigh, and actually, Jimmy Stein compared Deontay Brown to Miles McVeigh in a way. And um, you know, I said it's it's definitely fitting that uh, a guy who reminds somebody of another guy named nicknamed Cornbread needs <laughs> to maybe lose a little weight, right? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. seems pretty yes. fair. Uh, then Alabama could get some more good news along the offensive line, um, and Raymond. Uh, Palidio, I believe is that a, is that is that how you say it? Yes, sir. 
Okay. Um, so he could be committing to Alabama on Saturday. Uh, that would be some very good news, just some more offensive line help. So my question is twofold. Do you think that he will commit to Alabama? What do you think of him? And would this wrap Alabama up along the offensive line, do you think? You have to start thinking about that, right? Because this would be number five, assuming McVeigh is is on board. And and again, we talk about the variance, totally different prospect compared to the tackles that we've seen Alabama covet in this cycle. I, I think with Formby, you get a whole lot of high floor polished pass protection. I think with Allen in, you get that nice combination of uh, balance and athleticism as a pass protector, but also some leverage and physicality as a run blocker. I think here with Ryan, it's a little bit more developmental, uh, truly a raw prospect and massive six, 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 seven coming out of California, a, a guy who is relatively light on his feet for his size, but you could, you could just see on his tape that there's some development that needs to be had here. And that's not a bad thing. Again, you, we talk about when you're building these positional rooms, You've got to stagger the talent and the positions, but you also have to stagger, I guess, the expectation of when they're actually going to see the field because we know there's there's so much attrition and fluidity uh, at every single position, including the offensive line. So you've got to build for the present and the future kind of simultaneously. So I think he would be a nice counter to Formby and Allen in, in that regard. Uh, so, yeah, you would have to wonder – if the class is, is pretty filled up, um, I think this would bring five commitments along the O-line. I think Texas has five on the O-line as well. Like, There's not a whole lot of programs taking six, seven offensive linemen. Um, and we know there's a lot of defensive targets still on the board for Alabama, a lot of in-state targets still left on the board for Alabama simultaneously. So you start to wonder how big the class can truly get. I think right now it's, what, 17, 18 recruits on board. You get these next two guys, you're at 20. So there's not a whole lot of room left, even from the traditional sense of, of the old school SEC 25 man recruiting class. So you do have to start thinking that the, the class is getting a little bit more narrow, which makes you wonder about some of the other O-linemen out there. Monroe Freeling, Samson Oak and Lola. Are they, you know, is Bama moving on? Is the timeline a little too fluid for Bama at this point? Can there be uh, the processing going on with some other prospects? You, you never really know with the Crimson Tide, uh, but, but we do know there's always a plan. It, you know, it's funny you bring that up about the, those Freeling and Okanlola because um, those are two guys. One's a five-star, one's a four-star. They're both very, very good players. Uh, you hate to think Alabama would turn them away if they wanted to come. And it, at one point it felt like Alabama may have been in the lead for both of them. Um, I feel like Okanlola may be trending towards Miami, Freeling uh, towards somewhere else too. Um, but it, it goes back to Jimmy Stein's point that he said for years that Nick Saban can sometimes be a serial commit taker. Like he just, you know, even though his board, he's so organized and his board is, um, is what it is. And it's certainly, again, very organized, uh, very precise. He likes this guy over this guy, over this guy, over this guy. Uh, but in the end, sometimes he, he might fall in love with somebody and he's in there and he's and the guy may go, I, I want to commit. And Sam's like, okay. And then all the other kids are like, um, we weren't supposed to take him yet because we're waiting on this other guy. So he was like, we'll take him too. Well, we can only take 25, bro. So uh, but anyway, it's just sort of funny how uh, Saban, for all his genius, every now and again, it does feel like he's a serial commit taker. But I, I know this. I feel like they love Palladio more so than some of the um, – the, the sites and the rankings because he is a four-star slash three-star. Same thing with a uh, – boy, I'm going to mess up his name again. 
McElderry. Is that is that right? Yeah, McElderry. McElderry yep. Is it McElderry or McElderry? I've always heard McElderry, so okay. that's what I go with. And I got some I got some guys in the Aniston area, so we'll go with that. Ah, okay. Well, maybe you, you okay. Yeah, that's good. I like to hear that. All right, John, let me go ahead and tell everybody about Bet Online. Bet Online is the absolute best. Uh, they anywhere you want to go, anything you want to take when it comes to betting, you can go to Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games at Bet Online. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They got you covered every which way. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, John, want to welcome you back in. Uh, you guys came out with your uh, SI-99. You, the, yes, sir. The, I guess, is it the first iteration of SI-99 for this year? Yeah, you know, we get asked that a lot because the, the whole industry is so accelerated always. Um, yeah, we, we do two rankings. We do a preseason ranking and a postseason ranking, and that's it. So we let it build up and bubble up and, and level out before we, we put some numbers next to these young men's names. Yeah, so this is the first uh, list we've put out publicly in the class of, of 2023, and, and yeah, a lot of uh, Crimson Tide within it. There was, um, and you guys, now tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I took a glance at it the other day and just seeing uh, where some of the Alabama guys were, and you're right, there was a litany of Alabama guys in the SI-99, and that's another thing that's interesting that's different for you guys. You only go to 99. That's it. I mean, every in, in a world where everybody loves to rank everything at all times immediately <laughs> and constantly, uh, you guys, I, I appreciate the work you put into this because you're saying, okay, we're going to do it this way. It's a preseason and then it's a postseason. And, um, you know, you can kind of gauge how, what you got right, what you got wrong. And you're also not a prisoner to the moment. If somebody like a Brian Robinson has a 450-yard game, uh, in one of his contests, like he did in high school, you don't let that go. Okay, he went from a uh, low four star to a high five star immediately. Right. You know. Right. Um. So, who do you guys have that is more valued than, say, the other sites? Would you say, and also the vice versa of that? Who do you have? not ranked quite as highly as most other sites. Are you talking Alabama specifically? I'm talking anybody, but yeah. let's, let's focus on Alabama for now, but also some of the bigger names, because most people who listen to this podcast are general recruitniks like Jimmy and me. And right. um, so we, we will know some of these names, but I'm curious, the Alabama guys and then maybe a couple of national dudes. Yeah, Alabama-wise, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on these quarterbacks. I mean, we've talked about it on this pod, on many. Uh, it's, it's kind of the year of the quarterback. So I think our quarterback rankings are probably the most unique uh, in in the cycle. Uh, we've, we've got a different number one than everyone else, Dante Moore uh, out of Michigan. Uh, we've got Dylan Lonergan, the Alabama commitment, I believe in the top 40 overall. Uh, I believe that's much higher than, than a lot of uh, other outlets have him. We just like his combination of uh, football, athleticism, prowess. The arm is crazy, uh, supplemented by all the baseball numbers that we, we continue to accumulate there in, in scouting Dylan. Um, so we're really high on him. I think when, when you come to the in-state recruits in the state of Alabama, we've got nine Alabamians in the top 99, the only states that had more 
representation were actually Florida and Texas. Um, I don't remember the last time California and Georgia were behind the Yellowhammer State. So I think that's another uh, indication of how strong this class of, of 2023 is in the state uh, and also, you know, how successful or the ceiling of this Alabama class could be there down the line. I know one of the anomalies that that we show is Quay Rousseau. We got him as a linebacker, not as an edge prospect. I think he's a Rashawn Evans clone. I think that's the comp. And just like we we went back and forth with Rajan at, at scout.com back in the day, what position are you? Are you going to play edge? Are you going to be an off-ball linebacker? Well, we know at Alabama he did everything. So I think that's kind of what we're expecting from Quay Rousseau. He can be the middle linebacker captain of the defense, but absolutely can get outside and rush the passer on occasion thereafter. So he opens up as the number one off-ball linebacker in America. And then James Smith, his teammate, of course, opens up as one of the top two interior defensive linemen in the country. Uh, we saw him recently at Florida uh, for a camp there, and, and he looked as good as we've ever seen him. You know, I think the weight concerns have been a thing for him, a la Deron Payne at the same level uh, in high school, but uh, we're starting to alleviate a lot of those. He's sitting right at 300 pounds and looks incredibly explosive at this time. So really um, unfortunate for all those O-lines that are going to play Carver High School uh, down the line uh, here this year. So, yeah, a lot of variants in our list. You know, we've got um, guys who are considered five stars elsewhere, well outside of that range on our list, like a David Hicks uh, from Texas. We think he's a little bit more inside out, although most project him outside in. Um, there's there's a whole lot of examples of, of guys like that. Um, another unique to Alabama is Jaleel Hurley. Really back and forth on that projection between three positions. I think that tells you how valuable and versatile that Florence defensive back is. He was in the corner conversation as like the number two guy. He was in the safety conversation as the number two guy behind Caleb Downs, the other Alabama commitment. And then we we brought him into the nickel conversation where we expect him to do a little bit of both. And we know at that position, Alabama values it as much as any school in the country. Uh, you could just roll down some of the names that have really dominated at that spot. Malachi Moore, Brian Branch, Minka Fitzpatrick back in the day. And that's kind of where we started to settle on Jalil Hurley. So he opens up as the number one nickel in America. So Bama, the number one safety with Downs, number one nickel with Hurley, potentially the number one interior defensive lineman in Smith and the number one linebacker in Rousseau if it all plays out that way. So, yeah, our, our 99 is, is quite different. Uh, we rank different positions and, and certainly value the full body of work. And, and I think we uh, – Took a big sigh of relief when, when that list went up on Tuesday and, and allowed the Twitter mentions to fill up with a whole lot of uh, questions thereafter, which is always to us a, a sign of a, a job well done. Yeah, and the other thing that's cool about it is you know, everybody else has had these lists for so long that they're, they're old hat, and now you guys come out with a new list and everybody's anxious to get the you know what you guys think so i mean it's, yeah. it's pretty fun i mean between si99 espn 24 7 on three i mean they're just list after list after list and but i'm gonna say this as a guy that's followed recruiting all my life i i love it i'd, I'd like more lists i, I know yeah. i was making fun of them earlier but i mean i just give me the list man i just i just want the list and i want all, all the alabama players to get the bama bump too but um sure. all right let's go ahead and take a break john when we come back, I want to talk about uh, Kelby Collins. I mean, he's going to be announcing on Saturday. That's going to be an interesting one. And a couple other guys like Tamara and Parker, who just decommitted from state. Let's talk about Absolutely. that when we come back. 
All right, buddy. So Kelby Collins will be committing on Saturday. This comes down to Alabama and Florida. There are a few rumblings of Georgia out there, but that's not happening. It's going to be Alabama or Florida. Um, and I'm telling you, I, I don't ever remember a commitment with the ebb and flow of this one. I mean, I, I'll have some Alabama fans that are very well connected say to me, Oh, he's going to Florida, but we're, you know, Alabama's going to flip him before it's over. And then the next day they'll call me and go, we're coming to Alabama again. Then the next day, ah, Florida is it's Florida again. I mean, it's just back and forth, back and forth. What's your prediction? Yeah, I got a phone call last night about this. And yeah, a lot of the same field back and forth. Definitely Alabama and Florida out front, South Carolina, the dark horse. If, if maybe he pushes it back or, or wants to go way outside the box, the Gamecocks could could fall in here. Uh, but yeah, it's viewed as, as an Alabama-Florida battle. Dad's a big Bama fan. Uh, Kelby respects that. But man, he, he really loved his last two trips down to Florida, uh, which intersected with, with when I was there. And, and look, he got that, that red carpet treatment. It's something different. And Kelby, a little bit more reserved, internal type of, of kid, not a very loud, outspoken, social media kind of guy. So you understand why something like that could could resonate with him. And ironically, that's what Billy Napier is selling at Florida. Business-like, process-like, a lot of the stuff we hear, of course, from his old boss, Nick Saban. So there's really a counter to these two classes. But I think where the difference is for Florida is the need. I think we just went over a lot of these names for Alabama and this D-line class that's going to be one of the best, if not the best, when the dust completely settles in the class of 23 Florida's on the other side of this thing when it comes to interior defensive linemen. I think they have one committed and there's not a whole lot of traction with a lot of other prospects. So I think when you get into the priority levels, Collins may be after Cormani McLean, maybe Florida's most important defensive target. And that has been communicated and reciprocated over and over again lately. So I think for those reasons, Florida has the most buzz going into this thing. But again, I think your guy said it. Long term, you never know how the board's going to shake out. What happens with the rest of those Bama D-line targets? How does Florida continue after, you know, potentially landing a Kelby Collins? I think that will be quite interesting to follow with, which is the case with a lot of these instators, right? I know a lot of Peter Woods folks are talking about, hey, what about Alabama? Can they counter there? After his commitment to Clemson, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk in state with kids that are committed moving around. I know Tamarian Parker, what we'll talk about now, just decommitted from Penn State. So the D-line class is great within the state. A lot of teams in state and out are, are really going all in for these guys. So you expect big movement and then counter moves thereafter. But I think in terms of Saturday, I do think Florida has more buzz than Alabama for Kelby Collins, which would be a, you know, a banner win for Billy Napier. Even, you know, even just optically and on the front end before any drama or signing day stuff pops up a few months down the line. Yeah, that uh, look, Alabama fans would take that the wrong way and Freddie Roach would be thrown under the bus. And that's not going to be fair because I don't think, number one, especially now, it's not over till it's over. Right. Um, you can say that about Peter Woods, who you and I have talked about in the past. Uh, look, he, I'm not saying Peter Woods didn't come into Alabama 100% until that first signing day and when he right. signs with Clemson. So same thing with Kelby Collins. But it certainly would be better if Kelby Collins committed to Alabama. I would love to see it. Um, I think he's a fabulous player. I look forward to seeing him some this season. And, um, you know, it, it would be a miss, but, uh, you know, sometimes you miss. And uh, that's just the way it is. And this year in the state of Alabama, it's so phenomenal. 
yeah. that you're going to miss on some of the because everybody's coming and crawling around the state to get some of these guys because it's absolutely loaded. Next year, not quite as loaded. Uh, but some of the guys that are big names, like Jalen Mbakwe, have already committed to Alabama. So uh, what do you think about Alabama, the state, in 2024? Yeah, it seems like it's it's fanning out towards more skill position prospects. The quarterbacks, I think, elevate in 2024, but I think the depth with the big guys takes a step back, whether you're talking offensive tackles, certainly defensive line, which is really kind of ground zero for the state in 2023. I think 24 will look much more kind of conventional skill position prospects. The quarterbacks will make a reemergence here as well, at least from how it looks early on in, in this class of 24. So kind of the opposite of what we see in 23, where it's about the trenches. It's about these, these linebackers, uh, the front seven guys. I think it shifts a little bit more towards the smaller, faster types in that 24 class. But of course, a long way to go. I mean, a lot of these jamborees and stuff kick off this week. So we're going to start to find out some new names uh, sooner rather than later in, in the state and beyond. So, yeah, a lot of shuffle to be continued. But it's, it's hard to imagine the 24 class stacking up to 23 at the top because because I think for a while we've all recognized that this class is really special in the state of Alabama. And just like we said with the juniors, these seniors are going to emphasize that and reemphasize it now with, with these seasons getting going in the next week or so. All right, one more name, and then I'll let you go, John. Edric Hill, uh, another defensive lineman that's out there. I think he's from Kansas City. This is a guy that uh, has announced he's going to be committing, I, I believe it's in September. Um, and, uh, you know, Alabama seems to be the favorite for him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think if 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 you do miss on on Kelby, um, we'll we'll see with Tamarian Parker. It does seem like Tamarian might take his time a little bit. So, yeah, you start to look at some of these national options that Alabama has pursued, and Hill is one of those guys that uh, has been consistent, you know, for for Alabama. And I think that that says a lot when you're a kid from Kansas City, and and you've got this D line class in state that we we keep talking about. So Alabama obviously likes him. I think there's a lot to like there athletically. You know, six four, six five quicker than fast interior guy but he's also got this room to add weight to his frame uh, and become one of those classic three techniques uh, that can rush the passer from the inside which is so valuable in this pass first nature of, of college football so i think there's a lot of upside to, to, to this kid's game uh, and obviously alabama's latched on to him for for quite a while so it, it has felt like the sooner he wants to make a decision the better from the Crimson Tide angle. So if he's going to pop here in the next three or four weeks, I do think that bodes very well uh, for Alabama, which is really solidifying solidifying the trenches, right? The O-line class could be wrapped up in a matter of weeks. And now the D-line class looks like it's taking major steps forward in short order as well. So I think it's lining up pretty well for uh, the number one class in the country, of course, uh, that being Alabama, which is, uh, I know, shocking to, to your audience. John, you're the goat in the best way I know how to say that possible. You know, it's funny, uh, 10 years ago, if you called somebody a goat, it was a horrible thing. You call them the goat now, it's the best thing you ever could say to somebody. So, uh, but you are the good goat and uh, we appreciate you, brother. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to everybody soon. So roll tight.